In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Beloved Orthodox Christians, <coughs> brothers and sisters in Christ, we heard in today's Gospel, according to St. Luke, the healing of ten men that were lepers. For as our Saviour says in the Gospel, as our Saviour was going into a certain village, before he entered into a village, ten people that were standing far off raised up their voice and asked our Saviour, Master Jesus, have mercy on us and heal us. These were lepers and that's why they were living outside the city. It wasn't inside the village, inside the city that they dwelt because they had no right to be inside the village. That is, they had no treaty, they couldn't be close to other people. And that is why it says that they lifted up their voice. That is, from afar, they were crying to our Savior to have mercy on them and heal them. And that place where this lepers lived is actually preserved. It was a cave, it was a, a, almost a pit where they lived. And people would throw them some food to them, and that was their life. Because leprosy was considered not only a terrible disease that was contagious, but it was also considered a sign of sinfulness in superstitious people. Although the law of Moses did say that it was a symbolism for a sin, for leprosy, just as it deforms entirely the countenance and the form of the person and makes skin to be coarse and entirely deformed, that was a symbolism of what happens when we suffer, when all of us suffer from that true leprosy, which is sin. That is how sin deforms our mind and our soul and our heart, just as leprosy of the body deforms the skin of a person. So that the, old, the law had a symbolism of, of leprosy, somebody who is suffering from leprosy, it was a symbolism of how all of us suffer from spiritual leprosy, which is sinfulness of our heart and soul being deformed. But people also had superstitions. That, that, that is that they tied that if somebody was leper, it means he was overly sinful and that why, why he was a leper, which is nonsense. That is not the case. But at any rate, they were shunned. They were not treat, treated well. They were entirely outcasts from the, from the cities. And that's why they lived in this pit, which is to this day preserved. And when we go to Holy Land, last time was the first time that we actually went and visited the place where these ten lepers lived. And what's happened? Our Savior hears the plight of these people, the ten men who were entirely deformed, they were uh, entirely dejected, entirely had lost their uh, hope of being healed. He hears them and tells them what? Saying, go and show yourselves to the priest. Now, why did he say that? Why didn't he say, go, you are healed, or uh, I heal you, or so forth? Why show to the, uh, to yourselves to the priest? Because the law commanded that, that when a person was healed from leprosy, he could not bear testimony for himself that he was healed of leprosy. He had to go to the priest uh, of the temple, and the priest of the temple would examine his body, and he would be the pledge that he was actually healed from that leprosy. And that is why our Savior gives them a promise, go. And he puts a promise in that word of go and show yourself to the priest that you will be healed, but keep this commandment of the, of the law. And St. Gregory Palamas most beautifully explains what was the meaning of this priest actually examining and him giving the testimony that somebody was healed. He says this was the prefiguration of how a priest is needed to bear testimony of our repentance, 
of our healing from spiritual leprosy. For just as a, a person who was a leper and was healed needed a priest to confirm that he was healed, so also when we repent and we come to repentance and ask for forgiveness, we need our spiritual father to bear witness, to examine us interiorly, in, entirely, to look at our heart, look at our soul, to examine everything and say, give witness, either that yes, we are on the right track, or that this or that needs to be amended in our life for our repentance to be complete and full. For you see how the old law had prefigurations of the, go the gospel, of things that would come and appear in the, after the coming of our Savior. And what's happened? This man left. And as soon as they left, as they were on their way, all of them were healed. The, all their leprosy, all the terrible disease of the skin that they had, it disappeared. And it couldn't have gone, they couldn't have gone long away from our Savior for one of them, one of them. Return straight away, glorifying God. And our Savior, when he says, out of ten, just one return, and say, thank you for this great blessing, he asks, Weren't, were there not ten that were healed? Where are the other nine? Where did they go? They were just here. They received this great blessing from God, and yet they continued the way as if it was nothing. And one returns only. And who was that one? That one was the Outcast among outcasts, he was a Samaritan. And Samaritans were considered to be people with whom you didn't even deal. Worse than lepers, because they were considered heretics and not of the Jewish stock, of the Assyrian descent, and the Jews and Samaritans had no dealings with them. So that out of this ten, one was who was entirely a reject, a, a, an outcast, and he is the one that has the sense to return and to say thank you to our Savior, to glorify God, not to take it as a given and go and, and continue his way. What does that teach us, beloved Christians? What is, the, what is the lesson that we learn from it? Not only from this, but from many other instances in the Holy Gospel, we see that it's almost as a pattern that it's the wrong kind of people in our mind that accept the gospel. And the ones who were called from the olden times to be the first ones to accept the gospel, they are the ones who are left outside. So we see that not only this Samaritan, but the whole city of the Samaritans, which was called Sychar, accepted our Savior at simply hearing his words. Whilst the Jewish city of the Gergesenes, when they saw their Savior heal the demoniac in front of them, they said, depart from us, we don't want you here. The Jews who were called from before being children of Abraham are the ones who do not accept our Savior. And the ones who were the outcasts, the ones who didn't have the blessing of being children of Abraham, they are the ones who accept. And not only they, but the publicans and sinners and prostitutes and all the people that are in a, the mind of the world, the wrong kind of people, they are the ones who eagerly accept our Savior. And let the ones, who, the ones that were supposed to be prepared to accept our Savior, they are the ones who reject him. Not only reject him, but ended up crucifying him. What is this mystery? Why did this happen? There's one answer. Because the Jews took their blessing for granted. That is the answer. They thought that they were, it was a given that they were chosen ones. And they didn't understand that this chosenness was a gift of which they were not worthy even. Yet, 
they had the other kind of understanding that it was a given that they were chosen ones. It was a given that they had such a blessing and they took it for granted. And therefore, they stopped thanking God for the blessing that he had given to them. They assumed that it was a matter of course for them to be blessed. And therefore, they became spiritually darkened. For that's what happens when we stop thanking God for blessings that he gives us. We become spiritually darkened and we don't see not, neither that blessing and we forfeit the reception of future blessings as well. For what St. Isaac says concerning this is a most noteworthy thing that we should remember. He says about Isaac the Syrian, the great among the ascetics, that one reason for which God will stop giving blessings to people is the fact that they were not grateful for the blessings that he already gave them. Because it will be to their own detriment for a person who cannot, doesn't know how to take care of a small gift, of a small treasure, and takes it as a granted, as a given that he has it and doesn't understand it. He himself and his life is not worthy of this gift that he has and lays it there or gives it to the pigs or, or casts it to the, to the dogs, God will not give him more treasures, spiritual treasures, because he wasn't able, able to take care even of a small one. And if he gives him more, it will be to his condemnation. Therefore, that is the, the spiritual blindness that the old Israel came to, that this great treasure that they had, the law of Moses, and being the children of Abraham and knowing the rights of the temple and being the ones among whom the Messiah would be born, they took it for granted. Instead of saying, what a blessing we have of which we are not worthy. And yet... Those who didn't have that blessing, the Samaritans, who were the outcasts, and the publicans, and sinners, and prostitutes, and so forth, robbers, they eagerly, eagerly ran to, re to, to receive our Savior, and to hear his word, and to accept him. That is why the Jews, in, in mostly among them, became deniers of our Savior, and those who were not called in the beginning, they became the ones that accepted our Savior and received him gladly in their hearts. And what's happened to the old Israel can happen to new Israel as well, to us collectively as Orthodox Christians and individually. For the day when we start take, to take for granted the faith that we have, especially the ones that were born in Orthodox nations and Orthodox families, and it was from the childhood that were given this faith, when we start to take for granted and as a given and stop appreciating and being grateful to God that unworthy though we are, he did give us this blessing. That is the day we will stop receiving blessings from God and we will lose even that which we had, which is our faith. This is a terrible blindness that can come upon everyone, beloved Christians. And if, we, if a, a thought or a semblance of a thought appears in our heart, that we take our faith for granted, we take our church for granted, we take the Holy Communion for granted, the confession, having a spiritual father, of being part of this ark of salvation, which is the church, that we take for granted as a given, that is the day we should examine our thoughts and confess and, see and say something is wrong on the, the way I'm thinking. This is not the right way an Orthodox Christian should think. <coughs> and we should examine and force ourselves to examine our life 
and bring ourselves to that condition, spiritual condition, when we will start again to appreciate the every second, minute, hour and day that we are Orthodox Christians. That it is a gift beyond imaginable. It is a mystery that there are people who have, who lead better lives, who are better persons than us, that are not Orthodox Christians. And yet we who are wretches and cannot fulfill a single commandment of God, we, in us, this mystery was done, that we were called to be members of the church. How great is this mystery? Do, are we worthy of it? Did anyone really have uh, merited this kind of blessing? Far from it, from us that we should think. And yet God was, in his mysterious ways, uh, gave us this blessing. Therefore, never ever take for granted our faith. Never take for granted the church. Never take for granted the mysteries of uh, everything that we have, the richness of heritage and legacy of, we have spiritual legacy of being Orthodox Christians, Always, day and night, thank God for it and say that I'm not worthy, I'm sa my Savior. Keep me in this my, uh, mindset of to always appreciate your blessing that you gave me. And if we are appreciative in this, the most basic of being thankful for our faith, our Savior will shower, shower on us other blessings as well in, in every part of our life. And it's not only about matter of faith, it is the most basic, the most important thing, but even in life as general, we'll, we can see that people that are, have the happiest and most purposeful lives are the ones who know how to say thank you, that are grateful for whatever they have. And the people who have the saddest and most depressing and most miserable lives, not for themselves but people around them, are people who constantly look for something to complain about rather than be grateful about. Therefore, even in the worldly matters, as a matter of human nature, it tells us that gratefulness is the key to having a fulfilling life. And compla being complainers is to be, uh, have a miserable life, not for oneself, but for others as well. Therefore, take hold on our faith and constantly thank God for what we have. Not saying that we deserved it, but saying we are unworthy and yet we are Orthodox Christians. And to show you at what lengths the saints went to treasure the faith, I'll tell you a short story of the life of, of the saint who we celebrate today, St. Maximus the Confessor. A person who is probably the greatest among the theologians of the church, who is the confessor, he's called, Maximus the confessor, because he confessed the faith against all odds. Today we appreciate, but the times when he was alive, he was derided, rejected, exiled, mutilated for keeping the treasure of the faith unplundered, like the apple of his eye. For in his time, this is in the 7th century, all the patriarchates, at that time became heretical. They fell into an innovation, a heresy. And this man who was known for his theology, he was known for sanctity of life, was almost the only one with his followers who would not enter into communion with the heretical hierarchy of his time. And his authority was so great that even emperors sent delegations to him saying that all the other bishops are in communion with him, and you, being a simple monk, refuse to be in communion with Constantinople? And he answered, even if the whole world goes into communion with bishop who is now a heretical bishop is in the see of Constantinople, I shall not. I prefer to be alone, a die alone, but 
an Orthodox Christian rather than to endorse those who falsely claim to be Orthodox Christians. And for that, for him treasuring his faith above everything else, he was, his right hand was cut off, his tongue was torn out, and, and he was an 80-year-old uh, venerable elder already. And he was sent into the uh, parts of, of what is now Georgia, uh, actually, in the Caucasus, in exile. And he died there. And this man, whom we revere now, and whom we con confess to be a great confessor, in his lifetime did not see the victory of orthodoxy. He didn't see himself vindicated. He didn't see there was no happy end, as, we, uh, as one can say, in his life. There was a happy end in his uh, heavenly uh, 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 entrance into the heavenly Jerusalem as soon as he died. But in this life, he didn't see his vindication. He died in misery, in uh, exile, at, uh, considered a traitor and a heretic by who were truly uh, heretics. But... He was willing and happy to take on this burden as long as he would keep the faith, his treasure, the faith, the correct doctrine, the Orthodox Christianity, untouched. That is what the saints teach us. And nobody is cutting off our hands or tearing out our tongues today. And yet we have to emulate the zeal that these people had. And they had the zeal against all odds because... They never took for granted their faith. They considered themselves the least of men and blessed to be Orthodox Christians. That's the right attitude. Therefore, let us emulate them, especially the great confessor, St. Maximus, the great among the Holy Fathers. Let us constantly bless God and thank God for the blessing that we are Orthodox Christians, always saying that we don't deserve and we are worse than all men, but have this blessing. And if we keep this attitude in life, if we keep this uh, disposition in life of looking like this to our faith, then our Savior will bless us with other blessings as well in this life and especially in the life to come, the heavenly kingdom. Of this, may our God and Savior Jesus Christ be most worthy. Amen. <laughs>